Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have Amanda Rumble. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. I always like to start my show off with a bio of who you are, what you do, and how you got here. Sure. My name is Amanda Rumball, and I, a little bit about me, I live in Canada, just outside of Vancouver, BC, um, and I am a community manager. So I manage um, online course creators and coaches, free and paid communities. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Online coaches, free and paid communities. Okay, how does that work? So essentially what I do is like if you, if a, if someone had like a free Facebook group, I manage that group for them. So I help them. I do like their lead generation out of it. So I help them get their leads from their group. And every month I am literally like handing them on a silver platter, all of their leads. And then I manage the community as well. So I'll do all of the engagement. I'll post all the content for them and really just run the group. And then on the paid side, I will manage someone's like membership or paid program. And I just nurture their, their members in the community. So all they have to do is show up and coach and really is helping them get out of the weeds of their community so they can just be a CEO and help move the whole business forward. Right. Now, here's the question though. Like, like a lot of times social media, it's like right in the word social, right? And is there ever awkward moments or odd spots that, uh, you know, you feel you can answer when somebody asks a question, because I mean, it's part of being social interaction. And I mean, how well do you get into the person's business that you'd be able to answer every question? I'm curious. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, it's twofold. I definitely go through their program myself because I want to be able to understand their offers and their business and be able to speak on that. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason why they hire me, but they're all they're Again, I'm not like the, necessarily the expert in their niche. So sometimes I can't answer a question and that's okay. I'll like tag them in or I'll be like, Hey, this would be a great question for the business owner. Can you answer this? And oh. so it's never like 100% me, the business owner is definitely still a part of the community. But as I learn how to speak their voice better and how they would answer questions, I'll definitely take over where I can. If not, then it's like a collaborative effort. Well, I'll bring in the, the business owner. Okay. Okay. So, the, so people, when you're replying, people know that it's not the owner, that it's someone oh, else. Yeah. It's me. They, they see my face in the community. So they know I'm like the business owner's right hand, essentially in there and really just helping build the engagement and really helping them feel like seen and heard and have like an amazing client experience. Okay. That makes sense. Now I get that. So question of the day is how did you get into that? Well, it's a very, I don't know. I think it's kind of a boring story, but maybe it's interesting. I'd say the biggest way I got into it is I actually was in mining. So I used to be, uh, I used to work as an equipment operator in an open pit oil mining field. And, um, and then I started having babies. So once I started having kids, I was like, I don't know if this is, this is for me anymore. It's really hard to do a job like that where you're doing shift work and, you know, have kids and start raising a family. So I thought at the time I was like, okay, maybe I'll just be a stay at home mom, but being a stay at home mom wasn't working for me either. So I kind of had 
dug into this whole online industry and I took a whole bunch of marketing courses and I was like, okay, maybe I can, I can make a go of it that way. So I really just started like that. I built, I used to build out sales funnels for coaches and course creators. And then that didn't really align for me. And then I had my second baby and then I kind of fell into community management and now I have like a six figure business doing it. So it's kind of come full circle for me, for me, which is like really, really cool because like really four years ago, I had a completely different life. Makes sense. Now when you're doing uh, like you took your time off cause you had yeah. your first child and stuff yeah. and you said you really like, was it right away that you figured you couldn't do it or like, or did it sort of, after the maternity leave started coming close to an end that you started just getting these panics yeah. and like, yeah. So in Canada, it's a little bit different because you have a year, but I would say probably like six. Yeah. Eight. I live in Canada too. Oh, do you? oh yeah. yeah. I'm in yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So then, you know, so it was like, uh, I'd say like six, eight months in, I was like, I, I just felt like called to do more. Like I thought I'm like, um, I, you know, I give props to the, to the moms that can be a stay-at-home mom. It's, this is a hard job. Like it's just a lot. Um, but I was like, I, I feel like I just want, uh, want more. So I really kind of just started dabbling in it and just went head deep learning like everything I could about the online world and starting a business. And I really just was fascinated with marketing in general. And, and then it kind of just took off from there. Yeah. No, no. What I meant is uh, with the, um, like leaving the mining job. Oh, the was it right away? Like, did you know right away? Or was it? Uh... Oh, yeah. Yes. For mining, yes. Because mining, um, you do shift work. So I work days and night shifts and you do 12 hour shifts. And um, the town that I lived in, really like the culture up there is like you would have a stay at home nanny. Uh, okay. And I was like, I, my husband and I, that just wasn't for us. Like we didn't want to have a stay at home, home nanny so we could both go and work. So I knew right away that I wouldn't end up going back to that. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah. it wasn't a mom guilt or anything like that. It was just, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That just wasn't how we wanted to raise our kids. So, I mean, it was a hard decision because I actually love that job, but I was like, it's more, it was more important to me for me to stay home. And then that's when I kind of started looking, I'm like, what are other options that I could do? Cause I just knew at the same time I was used to having so much time off that I, I didn't really want to go back and find a like a normal nine to five job. Right now I'm going to digress a bit here, but how did you get into mining? I mean, like, <laughs> it's curiosity is killing the cat here. I know. Uh, I don't know. Like work wise, it's just super interesting. I, we lived in Vancouver and we, my husband is a heavy duty mechanic. And so his dream was always to work on like the biggest pieces of equipment in the world. And so mining has the biggest pieces of equipment. And so he heard about this town called Fort McMurray, which is in Alberta. And he's like, do you want to move up there? And he wa he wanted to get a job. And we were like 24 at the time. And we're like, sure, we have nothing to lose. So we literally like knew no one up there. We just had a place that we rented, gave up our rental, moved up there. And he got a job right away at one of the mines. And I was like, oh crap, what am I going to do? Because I was a legal secretary at the time. Um, and so he's like, why don't you just come out here? And why don't you try 
being an operator. So I took a course, the local college that taught you how to like run every piece of equipment and the rest is history. I got a job in mining probably like eight months later. Makes sense. Now, going back to what you do today, now that my curiosity has been kind of fulfilled, (laughs) is when, when you started, right? Like, I mean, like every a business is never a straight line we all know that yeah so with that being said what was the toughest part for you in this transition i'd say the toughest part is like actually finding something that i loved to do to be completely honest um cuz i took so many courses and i i mean granted like i've lost a lot of money at the same time trying to figure it out um and learning along the way and building sales funnels I didn't really love. And then I kind of did like VA work and I didn't really love that. And um, I've gotten business coaches and I said the business coaches is the biggest thing that helped me like streamline and figure out more of what I wanted to do. Um, But yeah, I mean, it still isn't a straight line because as a community manager, it's like no one's really doing that. So I, I'm kind of paving my own path, so to speak. Um, and that's just messy in itself. That's true. Now, how, like when you came up with this, I mean, like you had to come up with pricing and you had to come up with uh, like a whole strategy and all that. And how did you discover this? Was it trial and error? Did you yeah. like, was the coach a help? Was like, yeah. When- so the, I've had multiple coaches, like the business coach was a huge help. Really. That made like the biggest difference. Um, they really helped me on like my packages and pricing and um, helped me like really hone in on my strategy that I use with my clients. Um, and the rest is trial and error. Like really, I have like the most amazing clients that let me figure it out, that like give me the time and give me the space to like figure out the best way to utilize this, the system I have now. Um, yeah, so I'd say it's kind of like a, a handful of everything. Makes sense. Now, what was what's your like? What is your biggest day to day hurdle? Like, what do you have uh, trouble doing now? Now, my biggest thing is like hiring a team. Okay, so yeah. expansion. Yeah, expansion and scaling. Um, and it's awesome problems to have, but it's me more stepping into a CEO role and being able to like bring on people to help me to support our clients that we have. So that's definitely thing, and then streamlining as we go because you like you said it is in a straight line so there's still systems and processes that can be worked out more and still tweaking my marketing and i'm still very involved with all the all of the client work so it's kind of a mixture and then i'm i have kids so you know really dedicating time to my children and having really strict um you know boundaries around that to be able to have time with my kids um Yes, that's a lot. It's a lot still. True. Now, every business or every person goes through a moment in time, and it's not always in the beginning. Sometimes it's later on. So you may have not had this yet, where you feel sort of aligned with everything that's going on, everything aligned in your business. You have what I call an aha moment. And mm-hmm. it's like all the you got all the struggles worked out. You got everything lined up. It's kind of going the way you imagined it would go or not exactly the way you imagine but it's going in the right path you feel you are where you belong and you're just like aha you know i mean this is it i found it what was that moment for you 
Oh my goodness. I mean, I honestly feel that just happened. I, the, <laughs> so I have a, one of the girls that works with me, she actually, she was just a freelancer and worked part-time and she, at, like we came to the conclusion that she wanted to work full-time with me. So the beginning of August, she got rid of all of her other clients and now she works with me full-time just because she believes in the mission that we're doing and how we're helping business owners. And that was the biggest aha. That's like the most, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd have like a full-time person working for me. Like that was like, it was huge. Makes sense. So that was your moment, which is yeah. fantastic, right? Yeah. Like I said, some people never realize it. Some people coast, they never get it. Some people get it later on. Some people get it right away. So mm -hmm. that is awesome. What a, what a great way to, you know, it's that sense of fulfillment, right? Yes. Yeah. So, which is awesome. Now, how does your, like a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, are like all over the place and things just fly at them and we're constantly putting out fires. Mm -hmm. But I find as we get more deeper into the business and we want to scale, which is where you're at, mm -hmm. that usually comes with a sense of, uh, sort of more of a strategy, more of systems, more of uh, an, like a detailed week where everything's planned out. Like for me, I, I plan out like two, three weeks in advance. Uh, I do it on a Sunday, spend an hour and I'm going through my calendar. I'm all booked up and whatever. And I kind of know my day-to-day is like pre-planned. Now, obviously that adjusts mm -hmm. as things get thrown at you. Mm -hmm. But what's your, like, what's your typical week look like? Your typical Monday, like how do you, how do you start that? Like, do you plan it out or do you just go with the flow? Like, how does that look? Well, that is something I'm still working on. It is, um, it's a lot right now, to be honest, because I, I do all the client facing. So most of my, most of my week is with clients. So I'm on a lot of client calls, um, either tweaking a strategy for the community or they're going into a launch and there's something that I need to know before they launch an offer. Um, and then it's, uh, now with the team that I have, there's a lot of calls with them really making sure that we're all on the same page. So a lot of it is, I is spent on zoom to be completely honest. And then anything in between there, it's like following up with emails and then doing marketing for myself and trying to get myself out of um, the client weeds, so to speak. So I can like move things forward and scale further. Right now, where would you where would your prime source of business be today? Like, obviously, in the beginning, I'm sure you did some cold calling, some direct messaging, and stuff like that. But would you say that you're getting a lot of referrals now? Is uh, your online leads getting more? Are you doing some print ads? Like, what would be your main source of income? Like, you know, I would say in the last six months, we'll say it was all referrals, and then now most of it is Instagram and some Facebook. That's most of it where all my leads come from, which is like amazing because the referrals I get are awesome. So there's nothing ever wrong with that. But yeah, the rest of it is like Instagram and Facebook. Right. So social media. And would you say the referrals are more or less than uh, social right now? Um, more, more, I would definitely say. Yeah. I was anticipating that. Yeah. What, what, you're de what we're describing and what most business you know, comes from is relationship building. Yeah. Right. And when you build relationships and people are happy, mm -hmm. they tend to talk about it. And when people talk about it, 
other people want to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. Cause we'll look at your schedule and you're like everywhere. And then somebody turns around and says, well, how do you get all the things done? And then you get, well, I have someone helping me. Right. And then, yeah. and then what ends up happening is, oh, really, is it full time? No, I hired out. You did. Well, I could use that. And then there comes the referral. Yep. Yeah. Right? So especially with what I'm doing, because it's so unique still, and there's not a people, it's like, you can hear there's virtual assistants and social media managers, but you don't really hear a community manager. It's like, Oh, like what's that? So as soon as someone hears that, it's someone that they like, they're like, it's an instant referral. Yeah, exactly. And that's my point. The most, the biggest source of income is always going to be referrals mm-hmm. through relationships and that's what I want to point out because there's too many people out there trying to work real hard on getting business from strangers. Yeah. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but let's be honest, it's double the effort, if not more. Mm-hmm. And you end up having a lot of, uh, you know, ad spend, a lot of time put in mm-hmm. for uh, a three to 4% return mm-hmm. where a referral, when you go after referrals and service your client, yeah. it's almost like a, it's almost like a hundred percent return. Yeah. And I think it's on the other side too, where I was always really scared to ask for a referral. Like I was always really scared to go to my clients and be like, Hey, I'm actually looking to take on like two more clients. Do you have anyone that you could refer to me? And I wouldn't do that. And as soon as I did starting to ask, it was like, that was a whole nother thing that just opened up to be honest. And then you get referrals through that too, because sometimes like they don't think about that. They're not thinking about your business and how many people that you can take. Right? Of course. So sometimes you got to ask and it's like, Oh, I didn't know. I every time it's like, Oh, I didn't know you were looking to take on clients. Yeah. Like send them over. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. How did you come um, Like, how did you get over that fear? Um, really? I was like, I wanted more clients. I was, I'm very determined to hit like the revenue goal that I want to hit and my goals that I want to hit. So it was like, I just got to do it. And I think the easiest way instead of doing it like the zoom, because that was like super fearful. Cause I didn't want to be shot down. I did it email. And then anyone that if we parted ways, I would always ask them as well. If they had anyone they would refer to me or if they would refer someone to me. And it was always, yes. True. So with that being said, do you ask for reviews? Oh, yeah. But I, the type of people that I'm working with, because they're big, a lot bigger business, like they're seven, eight bigger business owners, getting it's very hard. It's very hard to get a testimonial because most of them don't want to take the time and type it out. So then I'm usually hunting them to try to get on <laughs> to record a, to record it. But they do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that one. I have the same thing, right? The the bigger the sale, the uh, less they want to do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it makes total sense. So with that being said, okay, so we got that. We figured out referrals are the huge, the biggest part, which is great. Um, now, you mentioned community manager and social media manager. What's the difference? I know there's a is a difference. And from my understanding, and maybe from my own clarity, I think there's a finite difference, and I could be wrong, which is why I figure maybe other people watching this might be curious too. Yeah, there's a a huge difference. So really a community manager, um, as how I see it, is I only manage groups. So be that a free Facebook group, a membership, a paid program. Um, I don't do any 
like external social media. So a social media manager usually does like Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, um, maybe like a Facebook business page um, and really helping you get those cold leads and warming up your audience where I'm just working within a community. So I don't do any external. Right. So, okay. So it's basically what ends up happening is like you said, which is probably why you got a lot of coaches because coaches will have these groups where they do their teachings and stuff. Then there's people left over with questions. And what ends up happening is that once they leave the group, they got to constantly go back and answer the questions where in this case you'll follow up. Yeah. I do all the heavy lifting for them. So I'll go into like a membership and I'll answer all of their questions and I'll engage all of their clients and they just have to go in there and coach. Or if it's a free group, it's the same thing. They don't even have to go in there. They might go do a Facebook live once a week, but I'm actually the one in there answering all the questions, warming their audience up, priming the community. And then they just have to go and launch. Fascinating. Yeah. That's very fascinating. Like I would have never guessed that there would actually be a business in that niche segment like that. I know. This is what I'm saying. So I'm really like paving my own path right now because I have one client, for example, and just kind of like the type of work that we're doing is like out of his, he has like a high ticket offer. So he has a program that's $7,000 out of his free community. I'm getting about 200 warm and hot leads a month for him. Like I'm literally handing on a silver platter being like, these people are raising their hands, interested in your offers. All you have to do is close them. And I give them a big list of people. Right. Now, let me ask you, have you ever had any pushback and how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah, there's there's times too where people don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to the business owner. And then it's a fine line where it's like, I'll either bring them in and be like, Hey, these people have questions, but they might be a good fit for your offer. Um, And that's all you can really do. I mean, I think there's people like that in every single group. True. Now, and this is going to be a bit of a touchy subject and it usually is for most business owners, but I don't think anyone's batting a hundred percent all the time. And have you ever had any complaints like direct complaints towards you. Um, and- yeah, yes. I would say like the biggest thing was like figuring out the lead gen portion. So like the okay. lead generation where, I mean, let's face it. There's some groups where it's, if the business owner doesn't want to be super involved and it's just me, you're going to hear more crickets in that community because they want to see the business owner and they don't want to see their right hand person. So then it's really hard on the lead generation side I'm being like, okay, these people are raising their hands for their offer, but the, the business owner isn't showing up. So then they they look at that and be like, oh, well, maybe there's no ROI and it's not worth the investment. And it's right. just, uh, I would say like uh, just an open conversation about that and being transparent on and, and really saying to them like, this is why it's collaborative. Because I can do 90% of it, but I still need the business owner to come in and do some of the work with me. I can't just do it all, all myself. But yeah, I mean, that's all, I mean, it's awkward sometimes. <laughs> True. I, I can see that. Now, which brings up another point, right? Like it's, um, 
like being online and stuff, right? There's what we call trolls. Yeah. How do you handle them? Because I'm sure some some of them appear, whether it's on your own page, whether it's on your own things, or whether it's on your clients. Honestly, the people I work with, I don't get a lot of trolls. I think I had my first troll ever, like last week on Instagram. And I just laughed. They just were like, you know, they didn't like one of my reels or whatever. And I'm like, that's like, it's bound to happen. But I really haven't had in the communities that I, I have run like a pretty tight ship when it comes to like a community that communities that I run for my clients, where it's like, if I think the person isn't a good fit, or, you know, I see them causing trouble, like they get the boot out of the community. So they don't like morale things up too, too much. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So what, ha- what would you tell someone who's an aspiring entrepreneur wants to try something for themselves, but they're scared and they hear that they have to get onto video and they don't want to be on video. So they uh, just decide they're not going to do it because they're too scared, but they're really fascinated when they, you know, see what you're doing. They're curious and they want to do something. But again, they're fearful. They're fearful of losing their job or whatever. What would you say to that person? I would say if you really want, if you really want it, then you got to just take a chance and try it. And you have nothing to lose, to be honest, because at the end of the day, it's like you'll look back and be more regretful that you didn't try than taking a chance. Yeah, that's true. You always regret the things you didn't do and rarely regret the things you did. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what I would say is like, just, you have nothing to lose. Makes so, total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So now when someone wants to work with you, mm-hmm. what are the steps, you know, in getting in touch with you and, you know, seeing whether you guys are a good fit and how would that, you know, how would that look? Sure. They can um, either go to my website, which is the community catalyst. Dot com, or they can check out my Instagram page, which is at Amanda Rumball. Those are the two best ways. Fairly simple. And like, what's the process once you guys, uh, like, do you guys have a, uh, like a, a, an initial zoom chat phone call? Like, sure. yeah. So they, um, really how my process work is there's an application form that they fill out. I just review that, that we hop on a zoom call. And if it's a good fit and I think we can collaborate then we really can just jump right into it and we just go from there and I'll do an audit on their community and um, the rest is history. Awesome. Now I'm going to ask two more questions before we go into the lightning round. (laughs) Sure. So first question is going to be what, um, when a person starts their own community, they start their own page and group, what should they be, uh, you know, what are some of the steps that they should take and what should they uh, be wary of? Um, Definitely some of the steps are, is knowing your purpose and what you want the group for. That's number one. Number two is really understanding like who your ideal client is and who's like the best fit for your offers. That's the second one. And number three, I would say is not just letting everyone and their dog in your community. There is a reason why you want it to be more exclusive. And if you can get those three three things right, you will have a community of like your warmest and hottest leads and people that will be your raving fans. Great advice. Now, last question before the lightning round is, okay. how do you know you've had a successful day? 
how do you know you've had a successful day? I would say if I get everything off my to-do list, that is successful. Fantastic. You know, the one common trait I always, uh, when I ask this question, you know, not one person has said, oh, when I make money, right? Like money's yeah. never come up. It's always everything but. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a 100% uh, streak on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so fantastic. So now we're going to get into the lightning round, which is just a few fun questions. And Dude. I start off with my favorite topic. What is your favorite food and why? What's my favorite food? I would say Mediterranean, like any sort of Mediterranean food. And I don't know why, but I just love it. Like give me all the pita, give me all the tzatziki and garlic. I will eat it all. Yeah. You know what? I like the sauce. I like the tzatziki sauce more than I like the food. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like, yes, I will take some chicken with that sauce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's awesome. Uh, favorite movie. Favorite movie? Oh, man. I am going to say I really like The House of Gucci. Interesting. That was a really good movie. Interesting. One right now. Anything stand out about it? Like, well, there's a certain part that made it. Uh... Uh, I just really like, I found that story fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation? Um, Europe. I went oh. to Paris. And, um, that was like me, my husband about, I don't know, like seven years ago now. And that was like the most amazing vacation. Oh, that's awesome. How long yeah. did you guys go for? Three weeks. Yeah. I feel if you go to Europe, you have to go for at least three weeks. Yeah. Otherwise you, you know, it's too short. There's too much to see, but that was like an amazing vacation. <sighs> Which is awesome. Favorite podcast. Favorite podcast. Um, <laughs> This one's going to be a little funny. Uh, I just found her and some of her, some of her interviews are really interesting. It's called call her daddy. Call her daddy. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came across that one by accident too. It was, yeah. it was just odd at first. I thought, what yeah. the heck is this? Right. I like know. at so, first I'm going to be honest. I, at first when I, when I saw that, I thought, okay, this has got to be some sort of X rated yeah. thing. And I then I read up a story, yeah. you know, about some, I forgot what the thing, I think it was bar rescue bar, something, whatever that, uh, where it started from. And I read the story about, yeah. and now that I go, Oh, okay. Now yeah. I understand where it started from. So I can yeah. understand what it is. And I yeah. checked it out a couple of times. I heard her on a pot, somebody else's podcast yeah. and I go, okay, it's not what I thought it was. No, it was I just know. so weird. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. It's like, so one off, but it catches your attention. Um, anyways, it's not like my by all like favorite one, but right now I'm like, I don't know. I don't it's your go-to right now. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> down her stuff. That's awesome, right? Uh, and last thing is, if you had unlimited amount of money, and money was not an object, time was not an object, and you can just like put everything on pause and do whatever you want for the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours, what would you do? Oh, I actually funny enough it's nothing like wild i would probably like take my family and just go to like hawaii and like hang out at the ocean and just like spend time with my family like we're i'm very like simple that way yeah well that's yeah. good that's not a bad thing yeah like i would just like if that was it, i'd be like let's just go to hawaii for a trip with like my husband and kids that's so, freaking awesome yeah 
I want to say thank you for being on the podcast. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Absolutely. And we'll have to have you again in the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you like what you saw and you want to see more, subscribe to the link below.